Okay, cool. I just wanted to clarify. Well, thank, thank you for uh, thank you for pushing that. I'm gonna I'm gonna John. Uh, Mike's hard water melon. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually looking at hard right water melon cider. And then um, Google that. Then there's like also a Mike's harder lemonade. That's like but that's not what you're drinking. Ten percent. <laughs> Mike soft, 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 watermelon. soft. <laughs> it gets the job done. Mike's flaccid lemonade. <laughs> flaccid watermelon. <laughs>
uh, the San Diego Comic-Con. And um, I figured that'd be a really great place to kind of start because Comic-Con is basically the, I don't know, I guess it's like the mecca of pop culture and entertainment for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, I'd say. Um, Yeah, it's blown up, yeah. So... And the reason we have Art on today is because he went as a dad. I've been to Comic-Con about four times, um, Mm -hmm. twice as just a regular attendee um, without any kids, and twice I went uh, to go shoot some stuff for work when I worked at Hulu. Um, So that's my experience with Comic-Con. John, how about you? How many times have you gone? I've been twice. Cool. So Art... Have you been to Comic-Con before this year? Um, besides this year, this is actually the first time I've ever been to Comic-Con. Wow. Have you ever been to any Comic-Con? I have never been to any Comic-Con. This right. is the first time ever in my life. So Jumping um, in the deep end. Yeah, dude, straight up the, the craziest one. What did you think, man? Oh, man. Um, so... You know, like talking to a lot of friends who are really into Comic-Con and they go every single year um, and, you know, just hearing the hype about the Comic-Con, I was very excited to go and check it out. But I didn't really have the opportunity to go or even know how to actually start like buying tickets. So just to show my how naive I was on the whole process, it happened about, um, you know, two years ago, two Comic-Cons ago. I was at a party with, uh, you know, with uh, one of our friends. Shout out to Jeff, um, and he said, oh, "I'll have to go sleep early." And hey, you know, I'm gonna buy some Comic Con tickets. And I was, "Oh, great! You know, send me the website so I can go ahead and jump on buy some tickets too." And I was kind of sat down and said, "You know what? It's not how it works. It's a process that you actually have to get into, and um, you know, you have to sign up early and wait for the emails to get going." So at that time, that was when the excitement of Comic-Con actually started for me because I was like, oh, wow, okay, this is actually a process. I can't just get and jump onto a website and buy it. So uh, I believe we were one of the the last people to uh, have the invitation to buy tickets. I was actually going to uh, give, you know, the dog um, some water. And then I saw the screen flash and that's when we were the last one. It was like the last 15 minutes. Um, So... I almost missed it because I was about to feed the dog. Luckily, I had the uh, iPad pointed my direction. As soon as I see it switch to a different screen, I, you know, put the bowl down and went in, yelled to the wife, say, hey, come down. It's it's time. <laughs> so uh, we were only able to get, we were invited to get tickets for Friday or no, for um, Thursday and Sunday. And we were figuring, you know mm-hmm. what, maybe we should just buy the Thursday ticket and, not have such a long gap in between, you know, first time see how it is and get the experience. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I was, uh, completely, um, I was all in at that time. Well, I was actually, yeah, right, so, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you like, yeah. So the whole Comic-Con thing, you know, even if you're just going as, as an individual or even with some friends, it's like, it's an experience because, you know, everyone's coming in from all over the world or mostly maybe the country. The world sounds kind of like crazy, but definitely all over the country. So did you guys like fly or drive or how did you, what was your like travel plan to get in? 
Um, okay, so our travel plans were to drive to, um, you know, Southern California. Um, since we only had tickets for f- Thursday, yeah. we decided to just stay two nights and uh, stay at uh, my sister's place over there uh, at Oceanside. Um, well, the thing was like, you know, n- now that we had tickets, the question was where are we going to stay? Should we stay at my sister's place and drive with 30, 40 minutes to the con or have a hotel. So we decided to go ahead and get a hotel. And that process was also like, you know, uh, trying to, it's a, it's a lottery as well, or like a, mm-hmm. like a drawing, I believe, or what it was. So we were lucky to get a hotel um, at um, Hotel Circle. Um, and at the same time, we were able to buy tickets for parking at the, uh, at the, at Comic-Con. Okay. So, um, it, I mean, I have to give it up to, uh, Melinda. She planned out the hotel and the, uh, car. And I have to say that she was probably a little more excited than I was to go to Comic-Con. Oh so, yeah. That's, there's no doubt about that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's, um, you know, definitely like, um, it, it made it like, you know, this is, this is our summertime vacation, um, uh, destination for you know for for July, so uh, she totally made it happen. I was very happy that she uh, did all the research and, and got it done. Um, yeah, so when we got there, finally drove. Um, we only took one of our children. We only took Emmy. She's only eight years old. And we decided to go ahead and take only one child because huh, okay, okay. Uh, we heard that younger kids may not be that great there, and there's a lot of waiting, a lot of uh, lines, and they may not have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So we decided to take our oldest uh, daughter uh, to Comic Con, and she was excited. Was there, since it was your first one, and you said Melinda was more excited or had a lot more excitement going in, but was there anything in particular that you were really looking forward to in terms of seeing or people that you might run into or try to meet? I wanted to get into some Hall H. Um, panels more specifically the game of thrones panel unfortunately mm-hmm. we only had thursday tickets so and the panel was on friday so we couldn't get in there yeah but yeah. um going into the con i was just thinking like you know what it's gonna be an opportunity to just take in everything i wanted to uh walk the floor check out the vendors see as many panels as i can um and just enjoy the whole, you know, the whole setting, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I know, in retrospect, what I should have done was do a little more research on, you know, collectible figures that are exclusive to the to the Comic Con and and um, you know things like that, which I didn't have an opportunity to do that because I figured, you know, what I'm just going to take it in by stride and just like you know play it by ear, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it was my error, however, it didn't negatively impact my experience well, so your, yeah. your wallet probably is a little happy about that your bank account's probably good happy that you didn't yeah do the collectibles <laughs> or the exclusive chase yeah the exclusive chase uh would have definitely impacted the uh what's for lunch when i got back from uh from san diego <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah so I, I i i definitely um was happy about that hey anton yeah been there four times and you said two personally and two for doing the filming for hulu right um for for your the personal trips what what were the things that you were looking forward to 
books either. Well, when I was going there, I think it was really for the panels. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think, what were... We were in... We didn't really do Hall H because that was like the really big one. And then there were... I think at the time, the line was too long. But we were in... We wanted to go to Ballroom 20, which is basically the big one inside. Mm-hmm. And then I remember there were... I went with Tess tone and um my old roommate melissa Mm -hmm. and i think we just like stayed in hall h for a few panels and we i remember watching the uh the pilot of um the v remake Mm -hmm. yeah um i think uh we're trying to catch did i watch the dexter panel i think i watched the dexter panel um I think it was basically that, just just to go in and watch some panels. And then after that first day of, of panels, though, I was like, man, I'm in line all day. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, if I can't get into one, then I'll just ask someone about it or read up on it online. Mm-hmm. But what I ended up doing is looking for these random-ass panels that just had room. Like, I just walked the halls and just kind of, like, check out what the sign was and then look in and see if there were empty seats. Then I would just mm-hmm. go like regardless of what it was. Yeah. And um, those were some of like the, the best experiences um, because I, I walked into one that was like costume designers for TV shows or whatever. Right. So I went in and then they, they did, there was like a costume designer from justified and from like another sci-fi show um, and then it was really cool cause it's much smaller and then you're kind of around people who are really interested, like they're, they're craftsmen or maybe they're costume designers themselves. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's not so much consumers of the shows or just like show viewers and just super fans. It's fans. just like, it's actual people who are maybe in the biz and, and trying to do stuff. So like, and I think I, I went into like a minority voices panel mm-hmm. which was really cool it was comic book writers um and who were all minorities too so it's you know it's weird i would yeah. have never thought of like as you're going through like the booklet or the catalog it's not immediately the first thing that i would want to go to mm-hmm. but then you just kind of walk through and you're like oh okay this this one's pretty cool oh i right. think I, we also um we were really big into the uh eureka on sci-fi yeah so i remember we we watched a panel there but there was this one panel that was really fun on sunday which is um i think it's called the quick draw panel so it's basically three cartoonists who are up on the stage and they are all drawing in front of projectors so it's the moderator is giving all of these cartoonists little challenges to draw so it's like fully interactive with the crowd um so that was fun um uh yeah i mean i'm not really big into buying exclusive and toy collecting or comics or anything like that but so most of my time was really spent just kind of walking around and checking out the panels and, and stuff like that. Yeah. 
I feel you on the smaller panels too because the, uh, some of them were just totally random because I just need, I wanted to sit somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it was really cool to hear the craft side. Hey, Art, did you when you were going just going through? Did, were you with Melinda and um, Amy the whole time, or did you guys kind of break off? Um, we stuck around together the whole time. Okay. There was an opportunity for me to break away, um, and I'll lead with a little story. So we wanted to, uh, you know, Melinda wanted to look at her, go to a panel showcasing um, a show called Sherlock. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't the show, but I think it was more towards the uh, the book or the comic. I can't remember which one. So we were waiting there for a while. She left uh, left us to kind of stand in line while, while Emmy and I kind of perused the uh, the floor for a little bit. And as we finally got there, um, we barely missed the panel by like maybe 20 people. And so it was kind of a disappointment that we weren't able to get into the only panel that Melinda really wanted to go to. However, we decided to stay in line just to kind of see if maybe we can get in. You know, rookies didn't know what to do. Um, all of a sudden, they didn't realize that the line turns into the next panel showing up. Yeah. It happened to be WWE Divas. Uh. And <laughs> I was I actually thought about you, John, and I was like, you know what? I kind of want to stay here. And we would have been like the 20th people in line to kind of go in and um, Linda was like, hey, are we still here for Sherlock? And they're like, no, no, this is for, for WWE. And I was like, okay, great, I'm going to go. But since, you know, Emmy and Melinda decided to exit the line right before the entrance, I was like, oh, fine, I'll go ahead and go with them. <laughs> so I was kind of disappointed. I, I wish I would have stayed and checked it out, but that, that would have been great. So... <laughs> What did you think of the the cosplay? You know what? It was it was pretty amazing. Um, looking at pictures and and looking at videos does not give it, it does not do it justice because actually being there at Comic Con, seeing uh, passionate individuals like dressed up and their costumes are um, well thought out, and they obviously they took some time to create their costumes. It allowed me to appreciate the craftsmanship that they actually brought to the comic-con you know um it made me start thinking about next time you know when i do go the next time how i'm going to be dressing up so the conversation has already been like discussed while we were at comic-con just kind of get ideas um it was just amazing like saw you know um folks like that that were we saw the powder toast man <laughs> oh really? remember the powder toast man is that from Ren and Stimpy? Man. I think it's from Ren and Stimpy, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, and I was like, wow, there's a powder toast man. Really, a lot of confidence to, you know, be be that get in that costume. But um yeah, I just it's just you know, not just just be there was great, but hopefully the next time we'll be able to participate and you know, we can uh, hopefully maybe get a group of there. We we need like a Guardians of the Galaxy or something, you know, themed. Yeah. My favorite are the like the deep cuts. Like Powder Toast Man, that's a pretty deep cut. Mm-hmm. Like if you can if you can represent that, like I think that's the coolest that's the coolest part is going around and like seeing something that you'd never you'd never expect. Yeah, something that you 
have forgotten about and all of a sudden you see him right in front of you like wait a minute i know this character yeah. and it kind of takes you back to you know back in the day when you were watching ren and stimpy i have a um I've, i have a plan that i want to do but obviously one i'm not really going to comic con anymore but um i need a bunch of people to do it and i kind of kept it secret but i could share it what is it <laughs> I want a full squad to go as a full team of uh, different Keanu Reeves characters. <laughs> That's a good one. Because you have Neo, you have uh, John. What, what's his name? Uh, John Wick. Johnny Falco. Well, you have John Wick. You have Johnny Utah or Johnny, Johnny Utah, Utah. Shane Falco. Go from the replacements. You have Ted. You can have someone do. Uh, that's in the Rush Rush video. Oh, you bastard. I was just going to say that. That's a super deep cut. <laughs> uh, you can have um, Keanu Reeves as himself. Yes. Who's going to be like the sad Keanu on the bench? The sad Keanu, like, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that, that'd be a good a lot one. Of options. That'd be a good uh, one. Point Break. Oh, yeah, I already said Point in Johnny Utah. You might just um, have to save that to for that. like a... Halloween party or something just goes a group. Yeah. I mean, there's the one in San Jose that there's a couple in San Jose that are not as big, so it's a lot easier to get tickets like Big Wow. Yeah, that's not you know, you might like to represent at Comic Con to be dope. Yeah, I have I have a buddy that like represents. Look, I think this year was the first year he didn't go because he moved to Seattle. But like every year he'd make it onto Reddit because of his costume. <laughs> And it's like this guy wins the internet all the time, dude. <laughs> what what has he done before? So, um, he was Lex Luthor with that crazy purple and green armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's super Lex. Yeah, he he was that. Um, he he's done a lot of Star Wars stuff. Oh, the biggest one. He was when he went as Marty McFly from um, Back to the Future Two. So he had like the jacket. He had the um, mm. the like the little neon neon shiny hat. And then he brought his daughter <laughs> as um, Doc Brown. So he like won the internet, dude. Nice. I uh, saw a picture a couple of weeks ago. Or before Comic Con of like six different, and one of them was like a baby, one was like a toddler. So they were basically wearing all the same uniform, but it was the progression of an ant size to the the giant size, or well, human size. Of what? Of Ant Man. Oh, of Ant Man. Oh, yeah. Clever, clever. I'll try to find it. I'll post it on like Twitter. But yeah, it was it was it was pretty dope. Nice. Yeah, so I want to shout out to the homie Dino Ignacio who always wins the internet because of his really dope Star Wars costumes and Comic-Con showings. I'll I'll post it on Twitter also cuz nice. Yeah, he's made it on front page of Reddit. God, I don't even know how many times. It's legit. That's pretty cool. I also want, I want to tell, uh, you know, I, I want to echo what Anton was saying. I know, John, you talked about the uh, Keanu Reeves costumes. I think we talked about this a while ago in the past. 
you can't just uncork this awesome idea at any other Comic-Con but San Diego. So, Art, what was your favorite part of Comic-Con? Your, with your, um, as, an, as a complete noob. Does everyone know the character Ahsoka Tano from Clone Wars? Yes. Ahsoka, yeah. Uh-huh. And the voice actor, uh, actor is um, Ashley Eckstein. So you guys know, familiar with her, right? Uh, no. So I mean, she's a she's a voice act, actor, and she's you know Ahsoka Tano, and she's been great. She's one of um, the Ahsoka characters, one of my favorites, um, you know, uh, in the in, in the Clone Wars series. So I was a, a big fan of hers coming in there. So uh, Melinda was very excited, and one of the things that she wanted to go to was her universe beauty pageant. Not beauty mm-hmm. pageant. I apologize. Um, her universe uh, fashion show. Right. Oh, the it's a clothing line. It's a clothing line, correct? So yeah, Ashley Eckstein, okay. um, her, I, I I don't know if I'm going to be butchering this, but anyway. Oh right, right. Her, Sorry. Yep, her thing was, you know, um, a lot of the Comic Con and Marvel and just uh, you know pop culture stuff as far as like uh, sci-fi is tailored towards men and boys, right? Yeah. Um, right. And there's a lot of women out there who are into it as well and if they want to wear an article of clothing they would have to buy a men's shirt and so on and so forth so she decided to create like a a a company called her universe that caters towards women and uh, science fiction and comic con and and everything so star wars marvel movies everything's encompassed there so we attended this um uh, this uh, fashion show and to me you know i'm not really the fashion show type of guy to kind of go in there what? and kind of you know no. you know <laughs> so i didn't really know what to expect so tigre. <laughs> so when we actually when we went there uh, we were you know, the whole comic-con thing it was actually not at comic-con it was at one of the hotels so we're standing in line and behind was behind us was um uh darth maul's darth maul or darth maul's um cousin with you know red zabrak head who was married to um you know slave girl leia and their children were um little leia and i believe a jedi so it was kind of like wow we're waiting in this line and we have people that are cosplaying which was kind of added to the whole like wow this is this is great we're here right Mm -hmm. anyway so went into the show i'm not really expecting anything and i tell you if you guys get a chance to you know go to her universe fashion show um go ahead and do it because it's like it was amazing just seeing all the um all the wonderful things that ashley's been doing for um you know for women and not only was it a fashion show it was also a competition because she invited like fangirls to be part of the show to model clothing that were designed by 25 um 25 26 uh you know budding um fashion designers so with an assortment of experience some had no experience some had a little bit more experience than the others but it was one of those things where design it we'll put you on there and as the audience members we were able to uh vote for the winner and their line would go to uh, uh you know hot topic and it was just amazing experience to be a part of that whole 
um, that whole like environment. And it was about yeah. a couple hours long. Um, and it didn't seem like a couple hours. It seemed like it flew by so quickly. And by the time the show was over, it was like, that's it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And afterwards, we got a chance to meet with the designers, um, take a look at their clothing designs, uh, you know, like right in front of us because the, the, the models were, um, were walking around. And uh, we almost had a chance to take a picture with Ashley. However, a little girl who shall be nameless um, decided she wanted to go and didn't want to wait. <laughs> oh, so, Melinda. Oh. Come on, Melinda. <laughs> oh, man. So it was, it, was a, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, there's this, um, uh, I think, a workout tank top that looks like the dress from the Wonder Woman movie uh, when she had the sword behind her. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, I would, if they made that for, you know, guys, I would totally get that for myself. Well, you could just get it for yourself. and Yeah, man, for sure. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm not next Comic Con. Next uh, Comic Con. I'm not. I'm not going to, uh, you know, <laughs> deny or confirm whether I have it now. So, um, <laughs> you know, you know, it was I'll never tell. <laughs> it's it's interesting because um, the last time I went to Comic Con, uh, I had just Ginny uh, had been already born, um, so. I was walking the floor and then I was like, you know, I was walking through the vendors and I was like, oh, I was looking for everyone that would have um, like cute baby stuff. Right. Like and that was what was surprising to me when I first walked the the basically the showroom, too, was like, you know, it's not just, you know, comic book vendors and, and toys and collectibles and stuff like that. They're actual like designers and artists who are you know selling all of their their artwork and some of it's like mm-hmm. super cutesy characters um and so then i'd buy like prints of those and then you know i'd buy like onesies and you know like it's cool because you know you're not going to find that anywhere else and then mm-hmm. if, if, if you go on sunday then everyone's just trying to get rid of all their stock so you can get some pretty sweet deals on a sunday um, yeah but yeah, I definitely picked up some sweet onesies for Ginny. But yeah, it was really cool. It's 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 also cool to like support the artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I regretted um, not doing more homework on the artists that were there. Um, one thing that we wanted to show Emmy now that you know, she's older is that things like this is are cool. And whenever we ask her, you know, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or someone asks her that question, she's like, oh, I want to be an artist. And I'm like, well, you know what? Um, you can be an artist and you can do anything you want with it. And she's practicing drawing and her seeing like these artists sitting there and like, you know, seeing like from beginning to close to the end when arts just started like drawing, doing a drawing, I think kind of impressed her. Because she was like, wow, I could totally do this. So yeah. I think it, it was positive that she was able to get exposed to the talent that's out there and, uh, you know, experience what it's like to be 
in Comic-Con and not to be afraid to, you know, let your, let, let your feelings out there and kind of like explore the world kind of thing. So that was one of the positive things that uh, we took from uh, Comic-Con. So do you think, um, you know, you, with your decision to leave the other two kids, do you think that was the right one? Um, I think it was a good decision because it was our first time. We kind of know where to go and what type of pace we can, um, you know, carry for the with, with the kids. And I think the next time we we'll probably bring Avery so that he gets to experience. He'll be a little bit older. Uh, he'll enjoy it a little bit better, and we don't. We probably don't need like a stroller for him. And then if we go again the year after that, then we'll you know bring Evie. So bring bring one kid add one kid every single time because i'm thinking i we saw like i said like the the parents um who had two little three little kids with them uh younger than than about the same age as like avery and evie mm-hmm. they were you know going around walking and i was like they, they had a stroller but they're making it happen you know um and they also had grandparents with them so <laughs> we'll definitely try to entice some grandparents to go for extra support or if you can have aunts and uncles go there too so hopefully we can make hopefully we can make this a big thing you know as a, as a group yeah you mean the aunts and uncles without kids <laughs> yeah yeah that works too <laughs> but you know what uh, as parents it's always about divide and conquer right yeah well if you go as papa culture then damn i don't know if our family just lets go without them <laughs> it's like no. oh we're going, we're going for work man we're going for papa culture deadbeat papa culture yeah <laughs> I, I know right we are we would be going for work we're right? going for work you know this is true we have to um continue to build our our brand i mean we don't get paid for this but you know <laughs> <laughs> what do you think emmy's favorite thing about comic-con was Oh, she told me this the other day. Her favorite thing about Comic-Con, I believe it was her universe. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, the fashion show. Like, sitting there, and the first time she was seeing, like, you know, some type of fashion show in front of her, and it was modeled by, you know, regular people, like fangirls who were invited to go there, you know, not like, supermodels or anything you know it's just everyday people that just want to have a good time and support their favorite um characters and i think she enjoyed the whole energy and just seeing this for the first time in her eyes i think that's she said she she really liked that not to mention she was able to get a swag bag i think we all got a swag bag and she was pretty excited about that (laughs) what about uh melinda's uh, Melinda, I think, you know what, since the, her universe was the last thing we did, it was kind of like, go, 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 and then a little lull. And then we waited for line for her universe. I think her universe became like the cherry on top. And I I think hands down as a family who, who went, we all enjoyed that because of, um, the way it was presented, you know, um, and you know we've already talked about going back like we we can't even can't even stop talking about it as a matter of fact we were talking about this just just a couple hours ago before the before the 
podcast and we're like okay so what are we gonna do are we gonna do uh you know all wednesday through friday through sunday where are we gonna stay it's i mean it's not even a week from comic-con <laughs> and we're already discussing like the plans for the future like okay and i'm already like talking to my coworkers. hey guys i'm be taking this time off again next year right. just to give you a heads up <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it would be enjoyable to go with a group, you know, um, with their kids so that we can all enjoy it together and maybe dress yeah. up. And I think that's, uh, it will enhance the experience. Not to mention we can, you know, take turns uh, sitting in line if we, if we wanted to. <laughs> Do you want to wrap the Comic-Con conversation? Yeah, I guess so. I, um, yeah, obviously I did another to... poll, put it up hella late, so I think there was only two votes. <laughs> so the poll was like, "What do you, what about Comic Con? Would you like us to talk about?" And one of them was like, trailers, um, things I forgot. Um, actually, one of them was the the Jesus hates sinners guys with yeah. the posters. Oh, right, because they they always roll deep at those. Um ones that we did get votes for were talk about the trade quote unquote what's comic books um so art why don't you break the tie let's go with trailers there's some amazing trailers there thanks i'm glad you did that because we were gonna have to <laughs> edit the um the recording if you said what are comic books um <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> all right talking about trailers Anson and I were chatting about one trailer in particular, Ready Player One. Art, have you heard of, or did you get a chance to see that? Yeah, I was able to see Ready Player One. However, I'm not that familiar with the novel. Um, it came out in 2011, did it? I don't know, something like that. It might have been before that, but it's yeah. been out for a while, yeah. Yeah, I've never heard about it, but I never really got into any details, so it was pretty... Um, you know, I was very interested in, in finding out more information about it after seeing the trailer. Okay. Both read the book and we were, we were sharing a little bit of our thoughts about it. So, Anson, you want to go first? Yeah, so let me pull up what I posted on Facebook after Circa. I read let's see, I just I just read it last year. Um, okay. Oh, that's right. Say posts by me. Great. So, on March fourteenth, twenty sixteen, at four thirty six p.m., I said, "Just finished reading Ready Player One and have two thoughts regarding the upcoming movie adaptation. Number one, I hope the dialogue is better in the movie than it is in the book. And two. How the hell are they going to license all of those properties? So the novel is basically, um, I don't know, 80s pop culture porn? Yeah. yeah. Right? So it's... It, it, yeah. I don't know. You guys can wiki or Google the, the plot, but... Um, it's kind of... It's basically like... Some guy goes into the Matrix and has to use "I Love the '80s" to to win. Exactly, exactly. 
So basically, yeah, you're playing a game and then your knowledge of 80s pop culture helps you win and and inherit this super billionaire's um, empire. Willy Wonka, the Willy, the Willy yes. Wonka prize. Yeah, yes. the golden ticket. Yeah. Exactly. So the trailer... Um, I had forgotten a lot about the book. I remember enjoying it when I read it, except for the dialogue. That's kind of mm-hmm. if you if you if you've been listening to this pod, then you know my beef is with really crappy dialogue. So mm-hmm. the dialogue in the book was pretty crappy, um, but it was. I guess it was a fun book. It was cool to right. see all these '80s references. Some of them were super obscure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know, I consider myself having grown up in the '80s, but but maybe '90s is probably where where we grew up, right? Like, yeah. would you consider yeah. that we grew up in the '80s or '90s? Probably '90s, right? I think I, I became more aware. Of, I mean, late '80s, but '90s, yeah. Yeah, I remember stuff in the '80s, but I think the '90s is probably what sticks more since we're older yeah maybe from like 85 to 95 i would say it's probably formative formative Mm -hmm. years right yeah um but yeah there's like hella different 80s references in there and you can see some of it in the trailer like um uh like there's the delorean Mm -hmm. in there I've heard like they're having a, a big problem with the rights for the Akira bike. I actually just watched mm. Akira again for yeah. um I hadn't seen Akira in a long time, but I just recently rewatched it. And um yeah, that's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't thought, know, John, you know, like, like uh I guess I was gonna ask you, what'd you think of the book? I, I, I agree with one part of what you were talking about, like the well, a couple parts, but I actually did enjoy the book. Also, I also agree with that. There's, and maybe it wasn't just the dialogue, but I, I, I kind of feel like it wasn't written very well. Yeah, and, you know, like I don't write anything anymore, so who who am I to say? But, uh, the dialogue was definitely one piece of it. But my main thing was. Um, I didn't really find it to be all that like suspenseful in a, or exciting in a suspenseful kind of way. Um, so a little bit of a spoiler alert, Art. Um, you could mute, and I could text you when we're you're back. Or I'm not gonna I'm 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 not gonna give away the whole story because I kind of forgot parts of it. Yeah, but no just problem. in general, big. Because a lot of it's like video game based, right? So there's video game stuff, video game, eighties like deep dark secret kind of things. Like it's, you know, Ernest Klein must have like all these different little um, stuff in video games. But for being a kind of like one of the uh, dystopian model, I mean, a dystopian novel story it didn't really feel all that heavy in terms of, I never felt that 
was ever really in trouble. Um, and he always seemed to figure out what to do. Like it was, you know, like the end of a sitcom when there's a little bit of conflict, but always figure out at the end and there's a hug or whatever. That was my kind of gut reaction to the book. So would it be safe to say, no, go ahead, go ahead. Would it be safe to say that, you know how when the adaptation of a movie or when a, when a, when a novel is turned into a movie, a lot of folks are disappointed in the movie because the details were missing in the book. Mm -hmm. Would it be safe to say that in this case, you want the movie to not literally take the novel, you know, like change the line a little bit. Yeah, kind of. Kind of enhance it. Well, okay. let, me, let me give you an example. I read The Martian um, before the film came out. And The Martian reads very much um, like, a, like, a, like it would a movie. Uh, and then a lot of the criticism I had for Ready Player One applies actually to The Martian where I was really, I, I didn't really enjoy the dialogue uh, that was written in The Martian. But when I watched the movie, the script and the dialogue was so much better mm-hmm. than it was, but it still really kept the, um, like the problem solving uh, aspect of, which was super duper heavy in the book which was great. Um, yeah. So, so in, I'd say that the m- movie was better than the book. Like the, my experience watching the Martian was better than my experience reading, uh, reading it. Mm, okay. I could see that. I mean, I, I didn't read the Martian, but um, if, if ready player one is, done the way that you're talking about with, with, with there's edits to the dialogue but also the way that they set up things um, and obviously Spielberg is a great person to know how to set up tension and adventure and excitement yeah, um, yeah. it'll probably end up being a better story but, but you know what I'm really curious like what is going to have to change because of licensing? Because that guy, mm-hmm. Ernest Klein, could put in anything he wanted. Like, oh, okay, right, so right. he uses um, war games, Matthew Broderick's war games. That's like a big thing. Like the the video game Joust, that's a big thing. Right. Um, like I think Volt, like maybe not necessarily Voltron, but some of the Japanese mech mech and robots. Like Robotech, yeah. I think, is in there. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like, what if they can't get the licensing for to include these properties? That means they'll have to change it. Um, and in the trailer, you see, like, the Iron Giant. That's not 80s. Right. I, I was wondering about that. So that must be one of the things. Maybe they couldn't get one of these. The Robotech. Like, yeah. Or some, some, like, late, you know, 80s Japanese big giant robot thingy. Right. Um, right, and they have to just use Iron Giant. 
So I don't know, man. It's I'm I'm intrigued by it, um, especially the fact that Spielberg Spielberg did it. Um, did you notice? Well, that, and you're right. Go ahead. Did you notice the um, how they introduced Spielberg in the trailer was um, cinematic game changing game director? No, it was cinematic game changer. It's not even game changing director. It's just like uh, from cinematic game changer Steven Spielberg. Yeah. That's I don't know if I mean it it it's true. Yeah. But it sounds like sounds like a sounds like a clickbait clickbaity. Yeah. Clickbaity title. Like, like overreaching kind of. What? Yeah. I'm trying too hard. Like, like all you need hey, to say is like, Steven Spielberg, bro. Like it's fine. Yeah, because Spielberg doesn't need any extra like clarifications, right? So I mean, I, I I probably will. I mean, I definitely will watch it. Um, oh, me too. I'm all I'm all in on story it. enough. And obviously, the 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 thing you're right though, because the licensing is going to be a big deal for this. Because sometimes you can do a lot of the pop culture references, and that's kind of more of a kind of fairly kind of um, inside joke thing. But the the licenses are essential to the story yeah like yeah 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 i think like not having the actual product in the movie is more distracting than by replacing it by something generic for sure for sure can't because like anton was like so it's like either if it's a, a media property or a video game property um some of the battles that the the protagonist has to actually win within that specific world. Um, so yeah, and then let's let, you know, and let's say it's like yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that it's not so much just like um, maybe with these old properties, it's not that big of a deal, right? Like maybe you just pay enough right. money and then they'll let you do it. But there are some very um, some people are very picky about how their properties are represented. Um, like for example, like when I worked at Hulu, and we were cutting like promo spots for all the content that you can get if you subscribe, right? Like they would ne- like the South Park guys would not allow any of their content to be in the same promo as Family Guy or The Simpsons. Mm. You know, so not to say that Ready Player One has, um, you know, South Park or anything like that, but, you know, there might be some people whose uh, intellectual properties are like, no, we don't want Sonic the Hedgehog to appear near Mario in any way, right? Like, right, right. that could right. be a thing. Um. So, it'll be interesting. So I think Art, you were saying that you like Thor, yeah? Or you like the Thor trailer? Yeah, I think they're doing the Thor movies, the third installment of the Thor movie, like right this time, because I felt like the first two movies they tried to take it a little too serious, and the direction that they're going right now, especially with just the first two trailers, is just amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. The way they cut it up and put it together with the soundtrack 
and you know, Melinda and I had conversations about this, and we're totally pumped about the next Thor movie uh, because we weren't that we didn't really enjoy the other two movies. So we're kind of like thinking, well, you know what, Thor kind of needs to be out there and um, have a great movie to kind of solidify his his membership in the um, the Avengers. Shoulders and abs kind of solidifies his membership in the, in the Avengers, but <laughs> but the movies. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you're looking at. I mean, he must, the kind of hard. He must work out. Hard, he must work out. Yeah. I mean, um, is it is it weird to say that like Thor looks pretty good with short hair? Is that weird? No, I, I think we're we're just assessing it. Yeah, it looks good, man. It looks good. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Well, I agree. I'm not I a think, I'm not a long hair purist that's... for Thor, so yeah, it looks <laughs> looks good. It looks good. Especially with that helmet he puts on. Oh man, it's just you know. <laughs> I watched that trailer after I watched the two Justice League trailers, and I'm already biased because. I kind of have this like hate watching for a lot of DC universe, and I know some people really love the dark stuff. But um, well, when they say dark, thought... do they just mean like dark image? Because <laughs> it's like the darkness also includes the necessity of snow. <laughs> Every modern Batman movie needs to have snow in it for some some reason. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> one of the first things I noticed with the Justice League I'm like why is there always snow with <laughs> things like I don't know about you guys but I enjoyed the um, Chris, Christian Bale Batman yeah. series yeah, for sure. right for sure and it yeah, had yeah. like it was dark it was um, at the time it was like wow this is amazing because you know we came from the George Clooney Michael Keaton um Val Kilmer Batman's which was a little more cartoonish right so mm-hmm. going into this dark gritty Batman because it's, it's a dark character right it was amazing but when they started making it for the like Superman movies mm-hmm. it was yeah it was like it was okay but I think they were trying to make it more like the the Christian Bale Batman but it didn't really appeal to me as much as I thought it would. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, because like the characters were created uh, decades ago mm-hmm. and there's, they have the, their campiness and they have their um, style for each of the characters that, you know, shouldn't veer away from the um, initial idea of that character. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people kind of, you know, Superman, the one where Superman returns with um, Roth, what's his name? Yeah, Brandon, Brandon Ruth. Brandon Brandon Ruth. Ruth. Yeah. So when that came out, I actually enjoyed it because it's kind of a continuation of Superman the too. first, yeah, Superman. And I was like, okay, this is it's all right. But when like the new Superman came out, I was like, okay, well, it had a different feeling. Maybe I just wasn't in that type of mood kind of like uh, you know seeing a like a dark superman you know it was weird because i the the fight scenes with um with zod 
like where they're like crashing through buildings. Mm-hmm. I was actually into that because that's what I would see when I would watch um, Justice League Unlimited, which was on. Which mm. Was that on like was that on Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network or whatever? Yeah. Well, but I that re- was also a more like a, a teen version of the Justice League cartoons, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was like young adult, I guess. But I really yeah. liked it. Yeah. Like I, I had, I really liked watching. Yeah. Um, watching that because, um, like the, I liked the relationships between the the characters in the Justice League. But anyway, right. like so the the fight scenes were were cool because like uh Superman is like like grabbing someone and just like crashing them into like a whole bunch of buildings. And it was really actually pretty cool to see a live action version of that. Um but that's pretty much the only thing I really liked about um, Man of Steel. Uh actually I take that back. I kinda like Kevin Costner. I wasn't mad at him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've said this before. My caveat is I don't have beef with Ben Affleck, whether he's a right Batman or Bruce Wayne. That's a whole nother topic. But um, I think the issue is gritty or dark is necessarily the big issue. Like, you know, I'm okay with movies being not picking their, their creative uh, liberties with, characters if it fits the core essence of the characters right mm-hmm. but like you know like so there's godfather and goodfellas as a, a mob movie that's obviously heavy it's a crime thing and it's good right but then I, there are hundreds of mob movies that are also quote-unquote crime movies and mob movies hits and crime and whatever that are just hella stupid because they're the dialogue's cheesy. The um, the the motivations of the characters just don't make sense. And and then sometimes there's decisions that are just like to push along the plot, um, rather than it being making sense for any kind of character. Right. I, that's been my main issue with the DC movies. Yeah, it's just annoying yeah. that when it, when they just say, "Oh, it's just gritty." And then yeah. you know you're g- gritty because you know there's more actually dark. There's a lot more contrast and it's like lots of dark right. areas, like physically dark areas on the screen. Um, right. <laughs> and snow. And and snow, right. Lots of snow. I'm the also deep, not the... mad. At, I'm not. I'm not mad at Ben Affleck's um, Bruce Wayne and Batman actually either. But that being said, it also wasn't awesome. Like that. That movie wasn't awesome. No, Batman it wasn't. Versus Superman. That wasn't awesome at all. Yeah, I agree with both of you about Ben Affleck. At first, it was like Ben Affleck, really. <laughs> but it kind of goes back to when Michael Keaton was selected as Batman and he's a comedian, he's Beetlejuice. And after you saw the movie, you liked it and kind of became that role. So with Ben Affleck, to me, it didn't really bother me as much after watching the movie. The disappointing part about Batman for Superman was just the, the potential of that movie didn't live up to the expectation. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's not yep. the fault of the actor. It's it's like you know, story and it wasn't well made. It's, I agree. I, I I think they have a pretty good cast. I mean, like Amy Adams and Gal Gadot. It's, it's the fault of cinematic game changer Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think with the you know with Batman for Superman and the Justice League and you know the way you know the Aquaman and like you know the emergence of Wonder Woman as a force to contend with it's like okay you know what it's starting to my expectations a little higher now for that movie the excitement level is a little bit higher now maybe it's just a Comic-Con um, hype but from what I'm seeing and you know like um, Aquaman is uh, Cal Drogo, so <laughs> it's got to be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Art, Art, did you watch uh, Wonder Woman? I did. Did you like it? Yeah, I, I did like it. It was a pretty good movie. It was well written. I, I liked the way it flowed. I haven't seen um, it yet. You yeah, haven't? Either. No. Well, if you haven't seen it yet? No. no, man. Our kids aren't old enough to bring them to that. We have younger children. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that because because you watch it by yourself at, or at Evie's. Well, watch for the kids. At Evie's age right now, if Emmy was that age, we probably wouldn't watch Wonder Woman. But since Emmy's old enough now, like Evie's getting to watch more mm. movies mm, that yeah. we probably would have allowed Emmy at that age. <laughs> you know what like, I mean? Like what? Like Wonder Woman, for example. Okay, okay. You know, it might be a little bit too violent for her. You know, it's too exciting. Um, it kind of shows the difference between an older sibling versus the younger sibling. The younger sibling gets to experience a little bit more than what the older sibling experienced when they were that age. Yep, yeah. I could see that. Is it ever not surprising whenever any one of your kids starts like bringing up some topic that you had no idea that even knew about. You know what it is? It is amazing. Like just, just, just Evie like brings up these topics where I had no idea you were even paying attention, you know? Um, I mean, it's nothing, nothing bad. I can't think of an exact like reference, but I remember her sitting down playing on the carpet, you know, um, one of her toys and we're watching like a children's show that Emmy's watching right and Evie's just sitting there like playing not even paying attention and a couple days later on she says something and right now she's at the age where she's talking but sometimes you're like what did you say and then when we finally like figure out what she's saying she's referencing back to a show that was on in the background while she was playing which shows mm-hmm. that she's paying attention even though she's not. You know, that's why it's important to be mindful of what audio or what video is being played with the children because they pick up things you don't even think they're even paying attention, they still pick things up. Do you guys remember first movie that you went to a theater with your parents you know that i do and what how old were what you was it? it um i must have been like 
for oh, I I know this is because I, I I used to have a whole bunch of toys. It was ET. I don't even remember. Yeah, me too. My first that was ET. Was. Yeah, we were still in the Philippines when I, I watched it, and I guess you know, like obviously we weren't going to movies all the time, and for whatever reason, that was the one I watched, and I'll probably have to confirm. I mean, confirm with my mom, but unless because it might be a fake memory, because you, you know you have those, but I think mine was ET. Yeah, I can't even remember. Yeah, my mine was also ET and I remember it vividly. And I remember I think we were still in San Francisco and um it happened pretty quickly because you know the parents got into an argument and all of a sudden it's like <laughs> dad says, Hey, let's go. Let's let's go get out of here. Screw We're going yeah. to watch ET. And I remember walking and like walking a lot and all of a sudden we're in this movie theater sitting there and I'm like thinking to myself where are we? What are we doing? Right. And so ET came on and watched it. And I remember like, as I believe I was maybe five years old and having the emotions that ET came out, like, like, you know, like when the part, when he's um, some parts of it, like, you know, as a little kid, I was getting emotional and I was like, what's what's this feeling, you know? So anyway, my, yeah, my first movie was ET and I remember exactly what happened afterward, before going to the theater and watching the movie. And honestly, the only I've only seen ET one time in my life, and that was in the theater with my dad. Huh. Wow. And um, I, my my plan is, I don't want to watch the movie again. I can only watch it with my dad, or with all three kids watching it with me. So we haven't had the opportunity to do that yet, but that's something that um, I want to share with my kids. And hopefully my memory of watching the movie, uh, you know, like if I see it again, hopefully it kind of, it's not going to be like like new bad memories. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you rewatch something from the 80s and you're like, why did I think this movie was <laughs> best? <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. There's some... Tr- pretty kind of scary scenes in that movie particularly you know when et was being examined or when he was completely sick as a kid i could see how being freaked out by that stuff i mean he just wanted to go home man i mean (laughs) he just wants to go home (laughs) go home (laughs) I think you're trying to recall yours. Do you, have you struck a memory? I think. I think maybe Ghostbusters. Mm, interesting. Because I remember getting really scared when yeah. the library, the library one. Mm-hmm. That's pretty yeah. scary. That's pretty scary. Yeah. It is. But then maybe I don't know. Maybe this is a fake memory. We watched Moana for the first time, and um, you know that was one of the. You know, Genie is just now starting to maybe have the attention span to watch a movie all the way through. So Moana's mm-hmm. one, and then like that part in the. Uh... Wait, has everyone seen Moana? Yeah. Yes. So when um, when the the grandma dies, right? 
Yes. Because the grandma died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like going through that part, it's like, oh man, how do we? What if Ginny starts to ask questions about that? Hmm. You know, I I don't know. Maybe it's something you take for granted. But a lot of there's a lot of like Disney movies that deal with something heavy like that. Lion or, King. Or, yeah, Lion King. Big Hero Bambi. Six. Bambi. <laughs> Right. That's heavy, man. It's heavy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe she doesn't have the capacity to understand like the permanence of it, though. You know, it, it might be just be like. Well, that's true because whenever the phone dies, the battery dies, she just puts it on a charger. I'm wondering if she thinks that like just put grandma in the charger and it'll be all good. Yeah. And then the grandma comes back later in the movie anyway. You know, at least the, a vision of the grandma, right? Yeah, it's weird, man. Weird. Well, I remember, like you know, as a maybe seven, eight year old, sitting down watching The Godfather when it was on, <laughs> and you know, I turned out okay, I guess. <laughs> man, I, I think if I would have watched it, I would have been so bored. Yeah, especially with Godfather Two, be like, oh my god, so boring. <laughs> Well, especially when they're in like the, the the Senate hearing. Oh my God, so boring. <laughs> uh, so, John, since uh, our last episode, has there been anything you've been into? One of them is Hung and I watched the whole series of Friends from College on Netflix. Test, tested that last weekend too, actually. Yeah, with Keegan. With Key from Key and Peele, Fred Savage, Kobe Smulders, Fred Savage, and so it's funny because there's a post from I think our mutual friend. Um, he posted this article that someone wrote about is Friends from College really as horrible as it's as it as everyone's saying it is, and the answer was like it's not because it's complicated, right? So we both. Uh, enjoyed pieces of it and also didn't really like parts of it but I don't think it's horrible and I think it's a there was a lot of stuff that I was actually laughing out loud about and also other things where I could see where people were annoyed but I don't I don't I I don't blanket statement say blank blank statement it saying it's terrible right Um, especially actually the dramatic parts because I thought um there's a there's an issue of infertility with the main couple, um, with Key and um, with Ethan and Lisa, played by Keegan and uh, Colby Smulders. That when they're doing the, the the more serious parts, I thought were pretty. Just because I could just imagine, if we ever had to go through that, how how horrible that would feel for us, you know. Um. But yeah, I you know I, I definitely see how it's uh, polarizing because <laughs> when they ramp up the the goofball of it, they 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 pretty much put it to eleven. Hmm. Okay. Uh, did Tess say anything about it? Uh, no, she said it was kind of funny. I mean, I definitely heard her laughing out loud, and yeah. you know, I, wa- I went out there, and uh, watched, I watched some scenes, and there were some of it was pretty funny. Yeah. Either of you watch it, let's talk about it, and then, um, you, 
we talk about in the future. The other thing, real quick, is um, I wanted to shout out essentially is DJ Quick. Um, he has one instrumental CD called the Trauma Instrumentals, and I don't know if he had a CD out at the same time in 2006 called Trauma. I'm not sure if he did, but I was using that to read some comic books on the bus. And I wanted to shout it out just because I think DJ Quick's often forgotten as one of the better, like, long-standing, both in terms of uh, um, his um, prolific ability to create West Coast funk beats um, at a high level. Yeah. So yeah, I've been I was I've been listening to that instead of like. I usually go to Miles Davis or John Coltrane or maybe sometimes some movie scores. Nice. Those are my two. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay. So for me, uh, real quick, I just want to give a shout out to you, John, for recommending uh, Tom King's Division. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great book. Uh, nice. I really like it. Um, I, I got to try and find the second second uh, volume um i watched something last week on netflix that um i was both captivated by and really infuriated me um Mm. it's called the keepers and it's um it's kind of like a long form documentary uh in the same way that making a Netflix is making a murderer mm-hmm. is, but then it's it kind of like it's making a murderer meets uh, Spotlight, that um, mm-hmm. the one that won Best Picture for all the um, clergy controversy in Boston or whatever. Um, right. It's a really compelling story about. Uh, about students from this this all girls Catholic school, um, one of the uh, teachers who's a who was a nun, she was murdered, and it's mm-hmm. about how former students who are now like in their sixties um, are trying to solve this forty year old murder, and it opens up this crazy story about. Um, this really vile priest who mm. was also working at that school. Um, it's just a horrible, horrible, terrible, infuriating story that I just could not stop watching. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, having grown up Catholic and like worked at, uh, at like the rectory and, and stuff like that. And, you know, being pretty heavily Catholic for like a long time, just like hearing stories about how people of power just completely abuse and take advantage of, of, of people and, you know, kids who are easily influenced by uh, someone in a position of power, particularly in the church. It's like mm-hmm. so infuriating, man. There's there were times where I was watching yeah. it, and I was just like, "F you, f you, f you." It's like to the <laughs> like these these people yeah. who who would show up on screen. Um, 
again, not the lightest of viewing, but um, I mean, if you're into making a murderer and if um, serial, if you're into serial and if you want to kind of get mad about something, not that there's anything else going on in this world that uh, won't make you mad already. Um, but yeah, there's, that's, that's one. Um, also I do want to give a quick, uh, I'm going to do a third thing real quick. Yeah. Um, it's this graphic novel that I read called here by Richard uh, McGuire. And, um, it's Mm -hmm. a really interesting use of that medium and it's Mm -hmm. really difficult to describe the book. So I won't actually, (laughs) Um, just check it out yeah yeah it's 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 really weird um it's well let me let me try and describe it real quick so think about if you you put a camera on a tripod like in your house right and then you point it at one corner and then you take a picture Mm -hmm. and then you leave that tripod there Mm -hmm. through like thousands of years Right. So like there'd be a photo from that same spot from today, from yesterday, from 10 years from now, from 100 years ago, you would have all these photos of like when the house was um, just a field, when there was no walls. So basically every time you turn the page of this of this graphic novel, it's a photo of this particular area of this house throughout the years right mm-hmm. and what they mm-hmm. what this guy does is he it's like he takes a segment of a photo from 10 years ago and then puts it in the same spot that it would be and then juxtaposes it with you know mm-hmm. from the shot from present day and he does that a lot so it was a really interesting use of the of how they would do that. Yeah. And it kind of felt like, yeah, it was like I was watching a music video. So if, mm. if you could like watch like this crazy artsy music video and then convert it into a graphic novel, I think that's what it would be. So mm. yeah. So it's called here by Richard McGuire. Yeah. The way, the way, the way you describe that Anton, it makes me, it makes it sound like a, like a horror type novel kind of thing you know what i mean yeah then i probably didn't describe it properly <laughs> no no it, it, it piqued my it piqued my interest but i was just like thinking you know my imagination was running while i was like oh man what if you know the picture was taken and like i'm thinking like supernatural stuff comes out and everything oh yeah, yeah just yeah, my yeah. imagination right right <laughs> no it was really right it took it, it it took me a while to figure out what was going on actually Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because what you'll do is like you'll see some, you'll see some parts of the page from a particular year, but then you mm-hmm. won't see the rest of that image until later down li- down the line of the book. So you, it's 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 really weird. So your your brain has to like think, you know, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's weird. It's yeah, it's weird. All right, what about you, man? Is there anything uh, that you've like consumed recently that 
that's of note? Um, well, you know what? I'm I'm still on that Comic Con high right now. So everything I'm thinking about is Comic Con and the trailers that we discussed earlier. Um, the one thing that I just watched was um is it ever watched The Kingsman? Yes. Pieces of pieces of it, yeah. It's fine, dude. Yeah, so I didn't really yeah. know anything about it and you know, again Melinda watched it like a year ago and seeing the I think that there was a trailer, right? And I immediately watched it like, you know, on the was it Monday, Tuesday. Right. And yeah. No, well, yeah, the uh, the first movie, watched that cuz I didn't watch it before. And I was just like, why did I not watch this when it first came out or I know, when it was right? available? I know, right? This is mm-hmm. an amazing movie. So, um if you haven't watched the whole thing from beginning to end, I would suggest watching that um only because it's like a know a nice nice ride that, that you could take on and uh, it'll prepare you for the second movie obviously so yeah that's that's one of, that's one thing that i'm um kind of like you know getting into now just trying to find out more about like like uh the upcoming movies that i'm not that familiar with like um Re- uh, ready player one you know mm-hmm. so like everything right now in my brain is like concentrated on Comic-Con and how to get back to it next year. You guys want to go into the dad moment? Um, I'll go first because All right. um, my dad moment, I am going to defer to our next, uh, my next vlog post. Uh, it's going to be like a nice visual. It needs a visual aid. So I'm, my dad moment is going to be in the form of video. That I'll probably post in the next couple of days. That's called clickbait. That's right. <laughs> That's called the tease, bros. Art, you got one? I I do. It may not be like traditional dad moments that's been shared before, but just a couple of days ago, basically just watching the kids as they get older and mature right in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you know i've been guilty of it i admit it where it's like man it would have been great if so-and-so was older so we can do more things you know we could enjoy this movie together we can do um this outing together right and you know i was thinking about that and like the fact that they're getting older is making me miss how they were at you know certain ages of uh, while they're growing up you know um so for me my dad moment is like enjoying the little things that that people may take for granted like for example coming home you're tired you just want to rest and relax and your children are like you know wanting to jump on you like messing around with you they're like they're like um, Evie, for example, would like, you know, would grab my cheek and, and like kind of mm-hmm. slap it around a little bit and kind of like laughing and kind of, you know, kind of uh, joking around with you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that moment is basically like enjoying every minute of the time that you spend with your children, because there will be a time where you're no longer going to be that cool dad and they may not want to do the things that they do now for you, you know what I mean? With you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, I'm pondering a lot of that because, you know, Emmy's getting older and like I, a coworker of mine like told me, like he always told his children that, you know, I love hanging out with you and I love playing with you and everything, spending some time, but there will be a, there'll, there'll come a time or an age where you may no longer want to, you know, spend time with me. Right. This is the mm-hmm. dad saying it to yeah. his children. And just saying that to your child is pretty powerful because they hear it. And at their age, they don't think about that, you know, because right now their world, it, it may sound like, you know, our, as parents, our world is centered around our children, but from a child's perspective, it's the children is like you know we're their number one people you know they look at us like like uh we know everything you know mom mm-hmm. and dad have the answers right it's yeah. not always going to be like that so it, it's kind of just like just i'm mean, just trying to enjoy every minute and, and the time that yeah i just want to rest but i mean it happened today i was thinking you know can you just leave me alone can i just have a minute to myself but it kind of you kind of take a step back and say you know what enjoy this now because maybe when she turns four she may no longer want to do this with you you know what i mean yeah so um yeah you know i don't want to sound too sentimental or you know uh but that's uh stuff's been going on through my mind and just kind of like just enjoying every minute with the kids and um not take for granted what's in front of you because you will long for that feeling mm-hmm. sooner than you think, you know? Yeah. And the fact when I tell my children, there's a time when you don't want to, I mean, I may not want to spend time with me and they all pretty much said, Nope, it's not going to happen. You know, <laughs> I'm, I want to hang out with you, dad. You, you and it feels you like, just record that. and just. I know. I know. I was thinking, time. okay, I'm going to remember this. <laughs> Dang. Way to get all serious, man. I totally feel you about that. Cause I, I one of the things I've, reflected on over this past 11 months with Malcolm is reminding myself to be present mm-hmm. because it happens it happens so fast and um, even hard times or other times when it's like I I have like my mind stuck on looking something up on the internet or yes, whatever yes. and about yeah really being present because this this is such a fleeting time. It's a good reminder. Yeah, even from the beginning. I mean, you know, just to share one last story with you guys. Basically, like bringing Emmy home, like the first day from the hospital, um, taking her in, and yeah. it's like, oh man, it's like he's like two days old. We're oh, in our house. And we have this baby, and I can't believe the hospital let us out with this 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 life <laughs> and the right. rookie parents who don't know what to do, right? And I remember, yeah. you know, we were upstairs, the bedroom's upstairs, and um, we would have to, you know, Melinda had the baby, so I'm like the main person to kind of help out, right? And so middle of the night, it was mm. 1 a.m., 2 a.m., whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a night like this. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, uh, and so, like, she wakes me up. Say, hey, can you go downstairs and get a bottle? Right. 
I was like, sure, no problem. Went downstairs, got a bottle, went back up. And then I was asked to do another task, go back downstairs. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And maybe three or four, maybe five times I was going up down the stairs. And after the fifth time, I was getting frustrated. I was getting mad. I was getting like, can you just let me sleep, right? I need some sleep. Leave me alone, right? And I mm-hmm. was like getting all these emotional, like angry feelings. But I was like, you know what? I sat myself down at the uh, bottom of the stairs, right? And I sat there and like thought about, look, why are you getting mad? Your wife just had a baby. Your baby's two days mm-hmm. old. And your job is to just go ahead and make sure the baby's fed, your wife's taken care of, and, you know, don't get mad. Because if you get mad, everyone will be upset and you're not going to be happy with yourself, right? So I took like maybe two, three minutes just sitting there just thinking about and pondering what, why am I having these angry issues, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And after I kind of calmed myself and kind of just recentered and refocused, I realized that, you know what? Your child is only going to be two days old at this time. At this, you know, your wife probably needs you the most right now because she's a new mother and we're all in this together. You know, if you have to go up and down the stairs a thousand times, then do it because that's, that's why we have children. And that's why, you know, we, we are parents to kind of support each other. Right. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, I kind of think about that moment, like every now and then, whenever I get kind of like, you know, just leave me alone type of thing, because your child is only going to be two days old right now. The next day she's going to be three and then four and so on and so forth. Next thing you know, they're 13, 18, 21 getting married. Yeah. So that's, that's like one of the moments I always think about where like, just enjoy it and recenter yourself, refocus, and whatever is going on at work, everywhere else, like you have responsibility to your children. And it's, it's a responsibility that as fathers you should be willing to take. And if we ever lose focus and kind of, you know, maybe say things or do things that we're not supposed to, just kind of think of that time where, hey, you need to just, you know, focus your your emotions on something that is worth it, not being selfish. So, yeah. you know, it's weird because um, uh, I remember that story. You told me that story before. And then that actually yeah, stuck yeah. with me right before, um, I think when maybe Ginny was first born or something like that. Mm-hmm. You told me that story and I was just like, that's a really good advice, man. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, no, thank you. I try to share that with like, you know, we're friends who forever comes up or anything like that, but it's like, it, it just helps me focus. And if I can, you know, help out other fathers or especially new fathers, it's like, you know, we we're all in it together. We learn as we go. And some, it doesn't matter if you have 10 kids or, you know, one child, it's all the same experience. You know what I mean? Actually, it's, it's, it's a good segue because my, my thing, my dad moment is essentially, um, it, it's cast under this thing. Uh, Hung and I went our, our first official date night last night, um, to a Jack Johnson concert. Nice. 
yeah it was really cool I, i've never seen him live and um i don't know too many of his songs i know enough of it because she listens to it and i've listened to some on my own and obviously two of the two of his songs were in were part of our wedding um mm -hmm. and we had a friend come over to essentially just babysit him for while we were gone but essentially kind of putting him to sleep and then she pretty much just watched netflix for the rest of the night um because he's once he's knocked out he's pretty knocked out nice but as at the concert i was thinking one i should i should have brought my camera or i should have been filming stuff for my first dad moment vlog <laughs> um being the first day night that we've had my dad moment really was just like reflecting how at ease i was because i, I trusted both of us trusted our friend who came through she ended up driving like two hours from where her um where she was at just to take care of him for a little bit or just watch him watch him and i kind of was reflecting on how um malcolm's pretty chill and a lot of that has to do with both of us being pretty chill and i think a lot of that also has to do with learning from all of all of our friends including you two you two um like the story you were just sharing art um you never told me that story but one of the things you told us uh i'm not sure if malcolm was born yet but you he, he told us to record his um newborn cry yes he did and it's something that we look at because it's that whole thing and i talked about this last time but the whole year of a first year's life of this kid you know day one to day two to day five to day 31 to week you know 14 or whatever i can't even remember exactly how i felt mm -hmm. but um why partially how we go through this parenting process together relatively like um well balanced is because we have so many of you having gone through it before we rely on um, our friends a lot for guidance and information and being able to see how all of you have um, brought up your kids and we love your kids so anyway my shout out is just like i'm thankful for my friends to um for our friends for um as directly and indirectly in this parenting process yeah man and like it literally takes a village yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need we need more get-togethers. Bring grandparents. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, and when we sew together our our Keanu Reeves. Um, That's costumes. right. We're gonna have a yeah a sewing party. <laughs> So that'll do it for another supersized edition of the Papa Culture Podcast. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Art, who stayed on with us uh, for the entire recording session. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks, Anton, uh, John, for having me. It was an awesome time. I was excited all day to do this, and um, you know, hopefully I was able to uh, contribute to the, the podcast. Absolutely. Great experience, and uh, you know, yeah, it's awesome. I appreciate your uh, inviting me, guys. Yeah, no worries, yeah, man. No worries. Definitely come back um, before next Comic Con, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, All right. just a quick reminder: uh, 
check out our brand new vlog. We've got one episode posted. Um, add us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's at Pod. Um, also, keep sending us recommendations for Dad Revenge Films. It's a, kind of a big segment that we're trying to produce and um, trying to like crank through some Dad Revenge Films like Gladiator, Commando, Payback, um, my personal favorite, Road to Perdition. Um, there's some really bad ones too, actually. There's some oh, really, you mean like all the ones on Netflix? Yeah, probably. But yeah, so... We should do a, a whole, all the Punisher movies yeah. that are all origin stories. And again, I know what you did last summer. It was a, it was an epic dad revenge film. Oh, I Spoiler didn't even alert. know that. I did not even know That's that. That's right. Yeah, so thanks for tuning in as usual. Um, you can find us on iTunes. Leave a rating. Leave a review. I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, and spread the word on Facebook and other whatever social media platform that you choose. And uh, once again, on behalf of uh, my uh, co-host John and our first guest, Art, I just want to say thanks for listening. Catch you guys.